Today's episode with Casey Shelton from Brown and Brown Tacoma is the first episode in our new series around change management. Title of the series is uh, Champions of Change. Casey was our first ever champion at Broker Buddha, one of our early adopters and continues to be uh, a great champion of the product and uh, the adoption within Brown and Brown. If you're dealing with change management within your company, especially in insurance, or you've have ever had to adopt technology and roll it out and, and want to hear uh, some stories about what that's like uh, for other people, uh, stick around and listen to the show. Hi, and welcome to a new episode of The Enlightened Agent, the podcast that brings you conversations with top insurance professionals and industry leaders. My name is Jason Keck, and I'm joined today by Casey Shelton, the Commercial Lines Marketing Leader at Brown & Brown Tacoma. Casey, welcome to the show. Hi, Jason. Thanks for having me. Uh, excited to have you here, um, especially for this episode. Today's episode is the first in a new series that we're calling uh, The Champions of Change. Um, when I started the podcast, the focus has always been about telling the story of enlightened agents who make uh, a difference. And uh, this, this series, frankly, is no different. When I think back about starting the company five years ago as a, as a new member of the insurance community, I, I truly believe that a great new product like ours would rip through the industry. And what I didn't appreciate was the incredible operational infrastructure that's in place in so many agencies and the challenges around making changes in that world. And so when that's when you have good infrastructure like that in place, um, you know, making changes to those people and processes can be uh can be risky or can feel risky. And so as we continued on our journey as a business, I started to realize that uh change management had to become a core component of our offering and that we needed champions operating within our client agencies to partner with us in driving that change. Um, so it's fitting that that you, uh, Casey, are our first guest on the show because, you know, before we knew it, you were really one of our first champions and you've been instrumental in driving adoption of Broker Buddha within Brown & Brown. I'm excited to have you on the show. And, you know, we've known each other for five years now. Uh, I'd like to start most of our shows with an introduction to our guests. So um, we'd love it if you could take a few minutes to introduce yourself, let them know what you do, and maybe a little bit about uh, how you ended up here. Yeah, sure. Again, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, we've been, gosh, five years. We've been working together. A right? <laughs> I know. Um, time flies, especially the last three years. My goodness. So I started my insurance career, kind of fell into it, as a lot of insurance folks would tell you. Um, nobody, not nobody, but most people don't grow up with the goal of being in insurance, an industry most of us fall into. And I did in 2010. I was living okay. in Arizona and started working for the Brown and Brown Phoenix office down there. And I've always done commercial lines marketing, which for those of you who don't know, is the marketing of accounts new and renewal to our various carrier partners. After working in Phoenix for six years, uh, my family and I moved back to Washington State and we live in Tacoma now. Um, it's where our family's from. And so after our first daughter was born, we came back to the Northwest um, and this will be our home. So yeah. um, now we work for, or I work for the Brown and Brown Tacoma office, uh, commercial lines marketing, same thing. And some of the special side projects I've had kind of along the way when I first started working in the Northwest for Brown and Brown um, have been InsureTech related platforms, processes, um, and really kind of diving in deep on those. Cool. Um, vetting and ROI processes. So that's how we first started working together. 
Yeah, I'm curious. When I when I when we started Burger Buddha, we were sort of part of the InsureTech 2.0 mm-hmm. uh, movement, right? So the the enabling technologies that were going to help the incumbents compete with the disruptors that were yes. around in the sort of early early 2010 2012 world. Um, I'm curious if you sort of before Broker Buddha, were, were, were there as many insurtechs out there um, or has that massively changed over the last five years? I mean, what, what have you, you know, if you've been doing this and you've been in the operation side for that long, am I just new to the industry and seeing a bunch of stuff that maybe wasn't <laughs> there before? Or was there, or is there really been the kind of uh, explosion of tech in the last five years that I, that I seem to think there has an insurance? Yeah, from my perspective, I think you're right. I think we we are seeing a lot more of it in the last five years. Um, I think, especially on the age, the independent agency side. Now, there was a lot of tech coming into the insurer side, the carrier side, as regards to modeling software, um, rating software, using a lot more data analytics in terms of aggregation of data than the independent agent side had seen. And so, yeah, in the last five years, the independent agencies have really kind of dug in and committed themselves to various, you know, tech programs and, again, try with, I think, the, the first goal, just being able to capture some of that data. Cool. Yeah, I mean, so you're you've you've done this twelve now twelve years now. You're a leader in mm-hmm. the office. You've been you've been a part of uh, undoubtedly operational or system evolutions at Brown and Brown. Um, have you guys developed any standardizations or processes around how you you drive changes? Like what what is what does change look like in in Brown and Brown Tacoma? Is there a is there a formula or is it, um, yeah, I don't know. What, what, what happens when there's something to do? How, how do you guys take it on? <laughs> what happens when there's something to do? I like that. You know, I think there's no right or wrong or specific drawn out formula for the implementation of change and adoption of change because each change is different and unique in and of itself. Sure. You know, we've seen when I was in Phoenix, we went through an, uh, an agency management software conversion a big thing. It was a really heavy lift. Um, lots of stakeholders, both locally in the office and outside of our office as well, that were invested in that project. And we've now done it again in Tacoma with part of our team. You know, we're corporate wide. We're working on developing processes toward um, working with Microsoft Dynamics as a as a centralized CRM. Mm-hmm. Um, and each project and implementation has had ups and downs and a different overall flow. And I think. Mm-hmm. The, the purpose of that, I think, caters to the specific end point you're trying to get to, right? If, if yep. it's a five-year-long integration project <laughs> where you have to train, you know, folks all across the country with different workflows, um, that's going to look a lot different in terms of how yep. you deliver the message, who you incorporate in the planning, how you execute. Um, that's going to look way different than if you're, you know, just trying to tweak a small workflow that maybe can be changed in three, four months. Um, yeah. and so I, I just picture, think just the nature of the projects just are so different. Yeah. I was going to say, I could picture sort of three, 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 three tactics. One is you bring in an external vendor to kind mm-hmm. of drive the change, right? This yep. is either a, a change management org, you know, you yep. hire an Accenture or, or, or McKinsey to mm-hmm. come and facilitate the change. Second would be you work with the partner themselves, like a tech company like ours to kind of implement the change. And then third might be you've got, uh, oh, sorry, there's there's also the the sort of 
at least with Brown and Brown, you guys have some corporate infrastructure around change, right? Like some program, yes, some programs where potentially you may get research. Hey, this is a big enough organizational change where mm-hmm. we're, we're going to allocate Brown and Brown employees, but they're dedicated to driving change. And then yes. you've got sort of the third one, which is this is a local change and we need kind of a, we need somebody to raise their hand and <laughs> take on responsibility right? for, for doing it there. So yes. Yeah. And we've definitely experienced all three. You know, I would yeah. say that our our movement towards a centralized CRM has yep. involved, you know, third-party change management consultants that have come in to help and facilitate. Um, we've also developed a lot of internal infrastructure in terms of training teams, education teams, um, et cetera, for that nice. specific project as well. So, um, and then we also on the same CRM project have folks in the offices, boots on the ground, doing the work every day that are involved in the um, initial feedback stages and, you know, of different releases, et cetera. So that one, I think hits all three of those. Good. Did you know, I, I can't remember if we talked about this before, but the um, the the practice of change management is is based on the five stages of grief, which is the... Um, oh, great. Yeah. So if, <laughs> that if, feels if, really if, right. <laughs> <laughs> right when you hear that at first it's shocking you're like wait a second you're 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 using you're using a process which people use to grieve for the loss of a loved one mm-hmm. to deal with operational change but for somewhere along the line somebody said you know what this is like you're you're in a lot of ways you're you're letting go of of the yeah. old way of doing things and you're mm-hmm. adopting a new one and the journey is very similar right there's an emotional attachment to the process you had yeah. before or the tools and there's a whole shock phase, there's a denial phase, mm-hmm. there's a depression phase where, you know, this is a disaster, it's never going to work. And then there's the coming out the other end of it where you're like, oh, okay, I could see how this might work. You started investing in it. And then, you know, you, you start, you see it a lot at the end of the tunnel and, mm-hmm. and, well, and bargaining on. too. That's a piece of it, right? The bargaining of, well, let's keep this piece that I'm really comfortable with and that I've been doing this way for years. And let's maybe just tweak this piece, um, which if you're going to maximize and optimize the ultimate efficiency of what you're doing and changing, you do have to update and amend all of those processes. Sometimes, you know, you can't hold on to the little pieces that make you feel safe. Right. Yeah. I mean, look, the, the, keep the good, let go of the bad. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's, it's, that's a little easier with processes, a little harder with software, right? Cause sometimes sure. if you're switching software, you're like, all right, we're, we're ditching the old one and going with the new ones. I guess if it's, if it's net new software, that could be a little easier because you're, you know, it's additive versus, you know, replacing an old, something old and you're, you're right. You um, don't have prior expectations to compare it to for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, uh, you know, we've seen a bunch of different people approach it in, in different ways. We've taken on a model of, you know, train the trainer and and mm-hmm. find a champion and, and support them. Some, mm-hmm. I would say our most successful implementations have been uh, with agencies who have some form of, of in-house either training or or some, some, some type of, of operational workflow update infrastructure, right? You know, in-house training is usually the big one. Um, Mm -hmm. And so, but we've also had a lot of success with, with, you know, desk champions who stand up and say, Hey, you know, I love this and I'm going to take the lead on it and I could see the value and I'm going to drive that. So any, uh, any favorite projects that you've, you've, you know, you've been a part of over the last few years, changes either operational or or tech wise that you could speak to? I think, um, you know, I'll definitely, I said this before, but I'll say it again. 
I have really appreciated working with the Broker Buddha team, um, just everybody that I've worked with um, in terms of helping us implement, helping us deliver and walking us through kind of new iterations and everything. Everybody's just been so great to work with, which, which that makes it fun, right? Good. You know, to, to enact change and to move forward on things that you, you know, didn't know were possible. Um, which, I mean, the digitization of supplemental applications when I first started in insurance 12 years ago was like, no way. That's never, you know, right. it, and it's, it's, it's certainly a um, fast growing platform and you guys are doing really well. And it's, it's been really fun to kind of watch your guys' growth too, honestly. But, you know, I think, I think anytime you can either successfully implement a new software or a new process and you see the efficiency and frankly, time saving, because that's really what we're trying to do, right? Is we're trying to save everybody time. Um, we're trying to improve results in the long run and serve our clients better. And if we can, you know, hit on two out of three of those, hopefully we're hitting on three out of three of those. That's what makes it fun. And, and all that tough work kind of, sometimes it feels like you're pushing a boulder up a hill, makes that worth it, right? When you get to turn around and say, gosh, it's been a year and look how more efficient we are now. And, you know, everybody's yeah. happy with it. And, you know, it's, it's humming along now, right? It doesn't feel as hard. Yeah. I mean, like ch- ch- changes, changes hard, right? I mean, that's, that's just a fact. doesn't matter what you're doing. Um, mm-hmm. Adopting new processes, changing all ones is hard. There should be a carrot, right? Uh, at the end of <laughs> right. it, hopefully. For me, you know, coming into this industry, just seeing the way prospective buyers of insurance or or you know existing buyers of insurance were engaging with their agents, I was it was just like I don't know, I just my eyes just got wide. I was like, wow, there is so much we can do to make this better. So, mm-hmm. um, um, and and we've only just begun, so still still a lot more ahead of us, and um, it's been fun working with you as well. Any 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 projects that you can think of where you know you learned a lot about not necessarily the project but learned a lot about the process so like what what are some examples of some lessons you've learned in either rolling out change or rolling out tech that that anything come to mind yeah i think one of the biggest things is training the team that you have so you want to train to your folks strong suits and you want to develop resources for them that fit their learning style. And so if you go all in on, you know, walking somebody through this new agency management software that they are going to have to use for the rest of their insurance life, and you just throw a guidebook at them, that's 75 pages long, you know, some people will do fine with that, right? Some people will do fine. Most people probably won't, you know? Um, And it's, it's important to identify you know, even if it's not the champion's role to identify every single individual's learning style, it's still really important to to be aware that there are different learning styles, period. There there just are, you know, and the folks that really jump in first ahead, um, just just give me the keys, I want to go. Those folks are going to be great to have on your team in terms of implementing change, because not only are they not willing or are they willing to get their hands dirty and kind of mess up a little bit. Right. And just going really fast. Um, But they're also probably going to be the most enthusiastic about what the outcome is going to be. You know, Mm -hmm. they're they're going to see that long term 
success down the road. And then you're going to have folks that really need to take their time. You know, they want to walk through each step and that's okay too, because they're going to catch those small details that ultimately the give me the keys people might not catch. And so you need both. You need all types of learners on your team in order to hit all the bases in terms of where you're really trying to optimize um, this process or this platform. It's funny when you said the word training, you know, in my head, like training is I, I, take a day out of the office, I go to some corporate training facility, right? And I sit in a room and I'm, you know, got to put, put toothpicks in my eyelids to stay, right. open, to stay awake and it's dry training. It's been delivered over and over again. I realize that's not always the case, but um, that, that term training carries, it means maybe different things for different people. Sure. Um, the I'm, I'm certainly more of a, give me the keys kind of guy. Uh, if mm-hmm. I can't figure it out, then then I'll ask for help or, you know, or maybe it's not a fit for me. So, Mm -hmm. um, well, and, you know, to your point too, about, you know, if I can't figure out, ask for help, you then have to think of that second step of, okay, what are the resources available to this individual to ask for help? We know you need to have individual human people available, or do they need to have access to a tool that shows them step-by-step, right? Um, You know, we've we've had an experience here locally where part of our team um, was converting from a different agency management system that the rest of the team was already on. And so Mm -hmm. what we did was we assigned designated We called them conversion buddies, Um, but we assigned designated people who have experience with the new system, who have been in it for years. And those are your designated individuals to call if you have, if you do have any issues or questions, because what you sometimes find is that, you know, for the people doing the work day in and day out, you know, Hey, ask for help when you need it. Okay. Well, it's paralyzing sometimes to think there's 15 people I can ask for help. I don't know who's not busy, who's willing to help me. And it's like, well, if they've got a designated avenue where to go, it's a lot easier for them to pick up the phone um, or walk to the desk next to them and just ask the question. Yeah, the distributed learning and the distributed responsibility of training, I think is super powerful. Um, A lot of times you you sort of need help in the moment and if somebody's Mm -hmm. not there, you're kind of stuffed. And so, you know, I would say having more than one expert is important. We've sort of moved away from the, like everybody in a room kind of training model and moved aggressively towards the train, the trainer model where we want, you know, we need people, we, we can't be available for everybody all the time. Mm-hmm. Right. So we need, yeah. we need in-house experts who are, are not just capable of using our platform, but know how the platform has been set up for your specific agency, because there's so right. many different ways you could use it that people, you know, somebody internally saying, yeah, this is the way we're using it and being an expert around that. And hopefully then training more experts over time, uh, is pretty, mm-hmm. is pretty important. Um, yeah, that delegation is key. Yep. When you think about, when you think about projects coming down the pipe, new projects coming up, new changes coming down the pipe, is it something you look forward to? Is it something you get nervous about? Like when somebody shows up and says, Hey, we're going to, here's a big change coming. Like what, what goes through your head? <laughs> um, I could give you the super honest answer or I could give you the <laughs> podcast answer, but I'm going to give you the super honest answer and say, you. yeah, you know, it, it can be a little nerve wracking, especially sure. if, you know, the, the, de- it depends on the delivery of the message. Right. I think that's the other thing. Um, and a, the delivery of a message of change, especially if it's, larger change, um, 
kind of drastic change, right? Because there could be little changes that have large impacts that aren't, you know, corporate wide. Um, But I think the delivery of that needs to include a plan, right? I think you need to come to your team or your company with, this is what we want to do. This is where we want to get to. And here is a roadmap of how we're going to get there. But right now we're just going to do this piece, right? Like we're just going to do this part first. And I think that eases a lot of folks insecurities when it comes to change is if you come with a, with a plan, you come with an open mindset, right? Because there could be um, detours on that roadmap too, that you don't anticipate till you're at the third stop. But ultimately yeah, my, my first inclination, which I don't think is unique, is, yeah, there's a little, it's a little nerve wracking, you know, but again, you feel a lot more reassured and comfortable when the leaders above you are confident and secure and know what the goal is. Um, and you want to, so you want to know, that, you that know what the, yeah, I would say, I, I would add to that, just making sure the the incentives and the benefits are clear, right? And yeah, you, absolutely. Not only that they're clear, that they're communicated when the change is planned and you're tracking them as you go so that you, you know, on those days when you're like, this is really tough, you can point back to, yeah, but look at the results we're getting, look at the results we're getting. And hopefully that's, that's obvious from, from the change that happens, but it, it isn't, it isn't always. And sometimes you need to reinforce, Hey, look, look what's happening here. This is, this is we're we're driving change across the company and look at the results that we're getting and, you know, stick with it. Right. It's, yeah. it's, it's not, you know, change is hard. So. Yeah. I remember when I got our first report, um, when we had our teammates actively in the broker Buddha platform, sending applications out and we got our first, when the reporting capabilities came out a few years ago and we got our first report that indicated the average turnaround time for a supplemental app back to us pre-renewal, um, in that pre-renewal phase was I think 48 hours. And it was mind blowing to have that metric, right? Because you feel like you're grinding. You feel like, okay, I ran into another roadblock. I can't remember where to click, or I have a teammate that's this isn't working for me. Um, but then you look at those results and you're, oh, okay. Yeah. All right. We're on the right path, right? You know, we're, we're moving in the direction that we need to move. Um, so yeah, those, those incremental check-ins are, are really important. Yeah. It's also the, the, um, the, you know, the, sque- the squeaky wheel is what everybody pays attention mm-hmm. to, right? So if, if, you know, if most of your apps are coming back in, in 48 hours and one of them's taking two months, everybody remembers the long one and they complain about the long one, but they don't, they don't see the value of, of, of the other ones that are coming back. Um, right. we, we've taken that a step further recently where we've implemented client feedback, not, not agency feedback, but client feedback on submissions, because we, we find that, uh, when an agent sees that their client likes using the platform, they're much more inclined to stick with it. Oh, my client, right. you know, my clients like this. Ah, okay. Mm-hmm. Cause you know, you're with our platform, you're introducing something new to your clients. So not only is right. it, is it, you know, new and a little uncomfortable for you, but we're asking you to make it a little uncomfortable for your client. And that's a hard ask. So, right. Cause um, I mean, we're, we're sitting here managing change, right. And managing expectations. And then we're asking our producers and our account managers to then manage those expectations and manage that change with the clients who can sometimes be a little bit less apt to change. Right. You know, but yeah, that's a good point. Casey, uh, enlightenment is defined as the state of having knowledge or understanding. And so in an effort to enlighten our audience, I'm curious, uh, is there anything that you would recommend to people in the insurance industry 
who are either adopting new software or updating their processes? What, what, what knowledge can you, can you drop on our guests here around uh, <laughs> what they, what yeah. they need to do? So I'm not sure that this is at all unique. Um, you know, I think folks that have been, you know, working effectively with change in in any industry would agree, but all feedback is important mm. um, yeah. from all levels of an, of, of an organization, um, you know, from the clientele, right. That you were just saying, I think, I think all feedback is important and all feedback is valid. Does that necessarily mean that every piece of feedback is going to result in an effective adjustment to the plan, right? Probably not. I mean, definitely not, right? Because then you'd be changing it every day. And I mean, that's not not effective change management at all. But, you know, I think being willing and open to take critical feedback about not only how is this change going, right? How have we delivered this message? How are we doing this, you know, additional learning? How are we setting up resources for folks? We want feedback on that, right? The delivery. Um, We should also want feedback of, you know, the length of time this is taking, right? We want feedback on how the platform or the process is actually working. And so I think there's just a lot of different areas of feedback that we must remain open to if we're going to continue down the roadmap that we've built, but also understand that we're probably going to have to pivot. You know, we have to remain agile. And in, in an industry like insurance, Um, You know, for a long time, insurance was done the same way, Um, you know, with little variances here and there, but really in the last five years, kind of in the timeframe we're talking here, um, there's just been such an acceleration of change. And especially within our organization, um, we've always been really adaptable and uh, quick to pivot when necessary. And, you know, the the experiences we're having on our end right now with our different projects are are evidence of that and we'll continue to do so, you know, and, and our our company has been very open to feedback and that's something that's been very valuable to them. And they've made, made obvious to us too. You know, they've, they've made it clear to us that they want the feedback. And that's, that's, I think really important for any, you know, company that's going to go through any sort of change. I think that the feedback loop is critical. Mm -hmm. I think uh, managing expectations is critical, right? It's uh, every project is going to be different and, you know, claiming that it's going to be perfect the first time is is going to set you up for failure. So, right. And I would say on top of that, just proactive management, right? So if you're managing expectations, you're getting feedback, and then you're resetting expectations. You know, people are going to feel informed. They're going to feel mm-hmm. comforted. They're going to feel heard. And you know, before you know it, you're going to be seeing results, and and you know, you're going to be less reluctant to adopt. And maybe when the next project comes along, you might even be, you know, jumping in, jumping in with both feet. So good advice. Uh, The feedback loop, (laughs) feedback loop is critical. hundred percent. Casey, it's been great having you on the show today. Uh, Really appreciate your advice. Really appreciate uh, the knowledge you dropped on us. Really appreciate you sharing your experiences and uh, the lessons you've learned about change with our audience. Um, open floor for you. Anything else you want to share with our guests before we wrap things up? Yeah, no, I don't know that I've got anything else um, monumental to say. Uh, I, I appreciate, you know, the invitation to be on the show, Jason, and really appreciate what you guys have been doing um, at Broker Buddha and look forward to, you know, five more years of working together. Same here. Thanks, Casey. Look forward to seeing you soon. Thanks so much. Thanks so much.